Welcome to The Exchange, a podcast from Grace Church, an independent Bible teaching church in Wichita Falls, Texas. In this podcast, we examine the world through a grace perspective and connect biblical truth in everyday life. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Exchange Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan Smith. I am the pastor to college and high school students. And today I have with me our pastor to children, Josh Fernberg. Josh, welcome. Hello. How are you? Good. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, so last week, we, this will be the part two of a, of a two-part deal that we're doing. Last week we started with Caleb, and we, we looked at biblical parenting. And so here at Grace Church, our mission is to raise up mature disciples for Jesus Christ. And so... Um, so we talk in everything we do about discipleship and that's our, the strategy behind every, all the decisions that we make as a staff and and for the elders. And so when we talk about parents raising their kids, I wanted to look at this idea of discipleship in parenting. And when parents want to integrate the idea of raising disciples into how they parent their kids, what does that look like? And how can we as pastors to their kids you at the ages of, you know, all birth. the way, oh yeah, birth all the way up through fifth graders. And then, you know, Caleb and I go in sixth through, uh, now for me all the way through college, but yeah, what can we offer to parents? Because we, you know, Caleb and I talk about how much we want to help parents, but I know for you, that's an even bigger part of your ministry yeah. as a family. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm not with the kids as much as you are. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, our, our ministries are different in how yeah. it fleshes out. Um, and so most of my kids, you know, are on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. That's my interaction mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And so it is very valuable for me mm-hmm. to have the parents uh, supplement um, during the week right, or during those other times. So. Right. So given your your experience and then your insights, we just want to help the parents um, in our church as best we can. And so we're going to talk through some ideas and, and what it looks like to, to raise disciples as, as your children. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'll start with looking at the world that kids live in today. Now, you know, we talked about this with Caleb last week and how there are some just universal realities that every person of any generation goes through. That's just the experience of growing up. And and certainly we can all relate to those. Parents can relate to those with their kids. But there are some differences based on the world that we live in right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and so what does the the world look like for a kid today? What do you think are the biggest sort of markers of the world that a kid is growing up in right now that that we didn't that their parents didn't necessarily experience? Yeah, so the biggest thing I think is especially for the age uh, of kids that I minister to um, it really is, my ministry is really close, closely tied to the family unit, mm. right? And so, I mean, over the generations, it's kind of gone more and more and more towards this. Um, but <laughs> you see this more, the degeneration that I see in my ministry is many of them, if not majority of them, unfortunately, um, come from either divorced homes mm. or uh, just dif- different type of uh, parenting yeah. um, demographics, I yeah. could say. And so it's not the typical, you know, 1970s 
family yeah. with, you know, mom and dad, two kids right. and a dog, right? The nuclear it's, family. Yeah, 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 the nuclear family. It's yeah, very yeah. different um, today. Yeah. And so I think that's that's one of the biggest is just the, what, what the family unit looks like. Yeah. And then obviously we've talked about this tons of times, especially on the last podcast I was on about technology, right? Mm-hmm. And so the other big one is kids are just inundated with technology at school, at home, just yeah. at a lot earlier age than yeah. we were. I mean, I had technology, but I mean, this is so funny. This dates me a little bit, but the first computer I had, like my own computer was, wasn't until college, you know, yeah. and I didn't have a cell phone till college. We didn't have a smartphone till I got, like, almost got married, you right. know? So kids are, I mean, they, they're like two and already have smartphones. So uh-huh. that, that world is completely different. For sure. So those are the two big things I see. So these both, I think, will, especially the, the, the idea of what the family looks like, but they'll both kind of feed into this next question. But what do you think then are the biggest challenges that a, that a normal kid faces now? Yeah, so, I mean, and can I tie on that to maybe the some of the biggest challenges parents might face sure, too, yeah, even, for, right? Definitely. So the biggest challenge, I think, for kids is, uh, you know, their attention spans uh, because of technology and everything's changing so fast, you know, like even YouTube, my kids watch YouTube and I'm there yeah. with them. And I mean, it's like, it's so loud and it's mm. so crazy and everything's changing every minute. It's like overwhelming to me, but that's just the world they're growing up yeah. in. And so really the challenge, I think, when discipling your kids is uh, discipleship looks a little different than the fast paced yeah. technology. That's so true. And so sometimes like y- kids might, actually at first seem bored with you trying to disciple your kids because it doesn't look the same way, Um, you know. And then the other thing is, as a parent, like, you know, there's so many other things that buy for your kid's time and attention, right? And so as a parent trying to disciple your kid, uh, it's going to take intentionality. And I know we'll talk about that later, but yeah, maybe sure. those two little things I can think of. No, that's a really, really good point, and and I that comes up I think a lot with with us and youth ministry, and 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 for me with college ministry. I mean, the world is obviously getting faster and faster every day, and and we are so that the term that we're accustomed to is instant gratification. I mean, we are just so um, used to instant gratification, and and that. Like you said, it just does not jive with the the spiritual life when, you know, and it creates, I think, such a disconnect for us when we read scripture and we Mm -hmm. read Jesus and we try and relate to a lot of what he's teaching. And it, it does feel like we're getting further and further removed from a world where it feels like what he says applies to us. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't apply to us. It always will. But just that, man... How how can what was true then mm-hmm. in a world where, you know, the furthest you could travel in a day was however far you could walk, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the fastest way you could get information to somebody was to pretty much walk to wherever they were and tell them, right? Like, we live in a world where that's just so, so different, yeah. you know, and and how can the things that were true then still be true today? I think it just makes a, it harder for us to bring that truth yeah, to light. Yeah, and, you know, for me... You know, children, the hardest thing, I think, in discipling your children is trying to connect the dots mm-hmm. for them, right? Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is, like, if it's if they can't even see how, the, how it connects mm-hmm. and lines up, I mean, those dots are going to be a little bit more tricky to yeah. connect for them. And so uh, parents and 
you know, child rearing is, is not for the faint of heart, no, you know? And no, so it's long suffering. It, yeah. yeah. It takes work, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you brought up a great thing, you know, we, our, our culture is so instant gratification and things like uh-huh. that. Well, I don't know about you, but my spiritual walk is, has not been like, Oh, I pray about something and immediately it happens. Right. Yeah. It is a slow process. Right. And, um, yeah, that's counterculture for sure. It, it today. is. I mean, we even have this with our own three-year-old daughter where, you know, she tries something and she's, you know, she's a toddler. And so she, she tries something and then it doesn't work and she gets really mad. Mm. You know, she sees something on her, a show or whatever. Some kid does something. She's like, I want to try that. Or I do something. I want to do, I want to do what you just did. Okay. Here's how you do it. You know, she was trying, she, she watched a, something where a kid did like a cartwheel or, or mm. one of the girls at church maybe did a cartwheel and she's like, I want to do a cartwheel. So I'm trying to help her learn how to do a cartwheel, which I'm, I'm certainly no gymnastics teacher <laughs> or whatever, but, but I'm trying to help her do it. And she's, you know, never done one. She probably doesn't even have the physical capability to pull it off at sure. her age and with her coordination. But like, you know, one try, I'm like, okay, here, put your hands down like this and, you know, trying to walk her through it. And she does it like one time and doesn't get it. And she just stands up and she's mad that it didn't work. And she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you haven't even, tri- what? Oh, okay. All right, fine. You know, and so we just move on. But like, you know, that is, some of that is just being a toddler, but I mean, yeah. that's going to be a battle for her and the world that she lives in for her whole childhood, you know, and adolescence. So Yeah. And especially in discipleship too, yeah. you know, like, I mean, they're going to be, you know, if we don't teach our kids correct, yep. you know, theology, you know, they'll, they'll be looking to that. Oh, I, yeah. I need to change this about myself or God calls me to this standard and whoa, it didn't happen. That's a really quickly. good point. You know, no, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, well I didn't just immediately, yourself. you know, I didn't immediately just yeah. be able to conquer that or whatever. And, they Man, just give up. That's a know? really, I didn't even think about that when we first started talking about this, but I mean, grace itself requires, you know, patience <laughs> yeah. and, and for us to, to understand that God is patient with us. Like it's hard to understand God is patient when the world is so fast. So that's even that's, a great point too. Yeah. So that, that when a kid messes up, it's probably all the more important for us to, to be more patient so that they understand like we don't have the expectation of yeah. instant gratification of instant change hey, if you don't get this right this time, I'm moving on. You know, right. it's like, we that's that's a really good point, though. Um, so, you know, this this all covers this next question, but you, I know, earlier had, had one at least one more thing to add to this. So in terms of spiritual development, what challenges do you see for, for kids? What are the, the biggest challenges? Maybe for you as you try and teach, you know, what are you up against? Yes. Yeah, so I think the biggest challenge, like, you know, so on the spiritual side of it, for sure, not on the discipleship necessary side of it, but the spiritual side of it. I mean, I, I'm week in and week out teaching kids about something that they, they physically can't see. Right. So, you know, we've talked about before, uh, you know, in other series, how, um, the developmental stages of, of children's minds. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the stages for me and my ministry is, uh, you know, they're not abstract thinkers yet. Right. That's right. And yep. so they're more concrete, right. Black and white, totally. right and wrong. Totally. Right. Well, uh, spiritual matters aren't always that cut and dry. Right. So I just mean, parables like Jesus, everything <laughs> Jesus taught was so abstract. Yeah. You know, you know, dots. And so the, I think one of the biggest things as a parent or me as a children's pastor trying to communicate to a mm-hmm. child um, 
is that Jesus is real, uh-huh. uh, even that they even though they can't see him, right? Yeah. And the great thing, and I love how the scriptures even talk to this point, but you know, it says childlike faith. Yeah. That's what you need. Mm-hmm. And so there is the the great thing is what I try to encourage parents is that kids can't accept Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So just because they don't get fully or fully understand all the the details and maybe mm-hmm. the even the abstractness of our you know, of, of our spiritual beliefs, yeah. uh, the Bible is clear that kids can accept Christ as their mm-hmm. Savior, right? And so that is a good comfort for me as I'm teaching week yep. in and week out to know, like, that's ha- that's going to be a hard concept in them fully yes. to understand, but I know that God promises that they can, um, yeah. you know, comfort. place their face, mm-hmm. faith in Christ, so. That's great. So, so then we, as we sort of transition into that, you know, we talk about the world that they live in, some of your challenges, but let's talk then for parents. And you're a parent. Yeah. You've got three kids. Yep. And their ages are... So, uh, four, just turned 14, so eighth grade. Golly. Yeah, no. That's crazy. He's going to... Uh, Sam will be in fifth grade, 10, and then Anna Claire is third grade, and she's eight. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, you know, again, this goes back to our mission at Grace Church, and we we are raising mature disciples. That's our mission is raising mature disciples. As a parent, yeah. that word raise obviously has a little stronger connotation. Not different, but stronger connotation. I mean, you are the, the, the sole, you know, source of how that, that child is developing right. or the, the biggest one. So as parents raising disciples... What does that mean to you personally when yeah. you think about trying to raise your own children as disciples? Yeah, so my brain goes all over the map uh, <laughs> just because I've I've looked into a lot of different techniques, a lot of strategies, things like that. <clears throat> Back when I first started children's ministry, the biggest thing that I looked into was George Barna did a ton of research. Yes. Um, there's a book that I read that I, th- I think is amazing. It's called Revolutionary Parenting. Mm. And um, in that book, you you know, I'm not going to go into a ton of it, but basically there are some things you can do as a parent uh, statistically okay. that uh, gives your gives you a better uh, just opportunity to to walk your kids and grow them spiritually. Yeah. Right. And so like, you know, and, and I think the, the Bible even backs this up is like, mm-hmm. you know, being a part of a community of believers. Right. Being a part of the church mm-hmm. uh, is is definitely, I think, important. And, and yeah, research shows that. I mean, the Bible says that we're supposed to meet together. Right. Mm-hmm. As a body of believers. A lesson that we're learning all the more right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's been difficult, right, to me, but um, God calls us and wants us to meet as a body of believers. And so, uh, you know, just being intentional with that in my family unit Mm -hmm. is definitely like, hey, you know, we, even though I'm not, even though I am on staff, right, we're still... Our family, the Fernberg family, is a part of Grace Church, right? Yes. Um, and so that's, you know, that's, I think, for sure key. Um, and the other thing is, like, here's the deal. My world with three kids can be get busy quick, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There can be, I mean, soccer practice, baseball practice, gymnastics, whatever it looks like, right? We're like, about to enter into yeah, that world Yeah, so, too. so um, and, it, you know, it's so funny. I talk to high school parents all the time, and they're like, oh, you have no clue. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, it just gets busier for you. It gets crazier. Right? Um, and so, like, the other thing I try to encourage parents is it's not necessarily the amount of things you do. Uh-huh. It's the quality, right? So That's intentionality, right? Yeah. And so, like, just being intentional, for example, I'll just give you one quick example like I'm really big on teachable moments 
right? And yes. so we don't, we try to not to leave our faith at church, right? Mm-hmm. And what, what I mean by that is we just don't go to church on Wednesdays and Sundays and that's the only time we talk about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. We're having communication within our daily lives about you know, when I mess up in front of my kids, I, I let them know, see, I need Jesus too. You know, yeah. I'm not perfect. Yeah. Like I ask their forgiveness if I, you know, get angry at them for no reason and things like that. And so I think it's... I've never done that, but if right? I did, I'm just <laughs> yeah, kidding. Yeah. So, so your kids are still a little young. No, I'm just joking. But, uh, you know, for me, it's like, if I'm just being intentional with my faith at home, not just in the four walls of the church building, Man, that is going to go a long way in the process of discipling your kids. Yeah, I totally agree. And and that one, for me right now, that feels like a really big one, yeah. the apologizing when oh. you mess up. Yeah. You know, there, there's a couple reasons for that. Number one is I counsel a lot of high school students yeah. and have for a long time. And you know, inevitably, and this is true, this would be true if I was counseling adults too. I mean, it's not, uh, this isn't exclusive to high school kids, but I run into a lot of um, issues with kids who are raised in a home where mom and dad never apologized, Mm. where mom and dad, and it's usually one or the other, right? Like the dynamics of of married couples tends to be that there's usually, there's usually one personality that tends to be the you know, we would use the term narcissism, but that's, I don't. That, that's a strong word that has a you know a clinical diagnosis. That I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I just mean that where they tend to ha- carry more of the emotional weight sure. of, of the of the two, and so it tends to usually be one parent. But you have these households where a parent will operate in such a way that they probably don't communicate very well. And what they do communicate is that they have high high standards for everyone around them that they don't hold themselves to. Mm-hmm. And 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 most of the time it's not explicit. These are not, I'm not talking about parents who tell their kids they need to do certain things and live up to certain standards and then when their kids don't, they come down hard on them and things like that. A lot of times it's more passively communicated. Mm-hmm. It's it's communicated in what they don't say, what they fail to say. And what they fail to often say is, I'm sorry. Mm. And so it creates an atmosphere for kids. And it comes, and it's, it, you know, over the years as I've talked to more and more kids, it becomes, you know, I'm, I'm further along in my ability to, to see it that now a lot of times a kid can come into my office and start talking. And within a few minutes, I'm like, I can already tell this kid has a parent who is this way, who mm-hmm. never apologized. And I'll, I can ask the question, how often does your parent, or how often does your mom or your dad say, I'm sorry? Well, never. Mm-hmm. I can't remember that ever happening. Well, yeah, that's where this comes from. I can see that play out here. And and so I, you know, I say all this because of the parents listening. This is an important one mm. from, from me having been with a lot of students in that, that counseling time. That, that has a huge, huge weight mm-hmm. that when you, when you don't, say I'm sorry when you mess up, you, you're not intending to communicate this, but you're communicating, I hold you to a standard that I don't hold myself to. Mm. And when something goes wrong, kids go, it's my fault. It can't be their fault. They didn't apologize. So it's mm. my fault. So then they carry the weight of the tension in the house. You know, when, when someone gets in trouble, they it's on their shoulders, you know, not on mom and dad. And so it really does play out 
in some really clear ways for, for kids. The other reason that that's so important to me right now is because I'm in a phase right now where my kids are finally, you know, especially Elliot, our oldest, she's old enough now to know what I'm sorry <laughs> means, and I have to start saying it. Mm. And I've caught myself, you know, even lately, we're just in a sit in a phase with, you know, three kids under the age of four where it, it's just, it's crazy, you know, and, and so I, you know, I, my fuse tends to be short sometimes, and, and I you know, I'll, I'll get frustrated and then I'll, I'll pretty quickly recognize like, ah, that was not fair of me to, mm. to, to say that or to, to use that tone. And so what I'm, what I'm really trying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means, but right. what I am really trying to do is in those moments, like stop whatever I'm doing and go to Elliot and, and kneel down and say, Hey, I should not have done that. Mm. That was, I messed up and I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have had that tone and, and sounded so angry. Will you forgive me? And I try and apologize to her. Now, it, she, she don't have to know what I'm sorry means, but the implications may not all be connecting yet. But if I'm in that habit now, I'm hoping that as she gets older, she knows that sometimes I mess up. And if, so, if somebody snaps at somebody else or there's tension or whatever, she doesn't need to carry that weight and mm. think, oh, what did I do? I must have messed up. I don't want her to have that mentality. Like, I want her to be responsible and own her mistakes, but I don't want her to carry someone else's mistakes sure. thinking they're her, her own. So I just, I, I say all that because I love that you brought that up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important one to me, again, both as a pastor and as a parent, I see the importance of the words, I'm sorry, from a parent to a yeah, child. Yeah, and just to encourage you, you know, um, you know, any parent probably listening out there realizes, you know, on your first kid, uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's your trial. That's your trial run. Uh, that's the one that needs the most therapy. When yeah, older. And, and so if you go ask my oldest, you know, right now, if you stopped him <laughs> in church and be like, Hey, how often is your dad apologize? I mean, I, I think, I, I honestly think he could say he, uh, a number of times yeah. I've, I've apologized right. to him. But, you know, as, as, as your kids are growing, as you're maturing, right, it, it, it will get more and more. Like, you'll yeah. see that more and more. Where, like, I think early on, um, I probably, you know, didn't recognize it yeah. that much, yeah. you know. And now, um, I probably, my other two kids mm -hmm. don't know any different, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I kind of added that to right. my, n not because I think it's, Anyway, it's important, but mm -hmm. I just added it to my parenting, yeah. you know, and realized the the importance of that. Well, you're, so. you know, your kids will be better for it. Any any parent who is willing to do that and take that humble stance and and tell their kid, hey, I'm the one that messed up in this situation. And even if your your kid did something wrong and that's what set you off, sure. If you can own the, hey, I sh that I, you didn't deserve me saying that or or, or getting that angry yeah. i mean we need to i think we're so worried about being good parents that we hmm. intend we, we a lot of times put pressure on ourselves to be perfect parents sure yeah and we don't want we don't want to give the impression that we don't know what we're doing or but that's where like you know going back to the whole discipleship we're talking about today like to me that's like the perfect opportunity mm -hmm. to disciple your i mean like that's yeah. you know like that is you know one of the things in when i've had people 
take me and disciple me and all that. Like what I've realized the, 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 the most times that I've grown the most or gotten most out of the discipleship process yeah. is when people were authentic. Right. And, and they were real. Like they're like, Hey Josh, this is, this is me. Right. Like, why yeah. do you want me to disciple you? And I'm yeah. like, well, cause I see these things in you and they're yeah. like, Oh, okay. Well, but they're also authentic and real. And I think when we, we transition mm-hmm. that from us to discipling our kids, what, to what we're talking about today, yeah. like it helps them understand what, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, so absolutely. So you as a parent then personally, as you think about raising your kids, you know, you're you're obviously further along in this process than I am, but you've got a kid going into high school soon. I yeah. Mean, um, and you, you've got three of them, so you've got a lot of practice. Uh, <laughs> you've got that first one out of the way. Yeah, you're yeah, on yeah, a two yeah. and three there. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you feel like for you personally are some of your you know, I don't love the word goals, but like you're, what are you aiming for objectives, you know, things that you try and implement into your own personal parenting and and you and Allie as well. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because, um, we're finally, I think as our eighth grader, uh, our eighth grade son is like, you know, he's moving into that time. We're actually kind of seeing the fruits of our labor. I think now a little bit, not Mm -hmm. fully because, you know, you always, you know, you always hear like when, when you were a junior high or high school kid, oh, you man. thought your parents were the dumbest people on yeah. the earth. And then you become an adult and you realize, oh, well, they actually uh, were yeah. wise. Right. Yeah. Um, but the great thing is like we we are already seeing the fruits of some of that in our eighth grade, eighth grade son. Like one of our biggest objectives or goals, I guess you could say, is parent as a parent mm-hmm. um, that we want to try to instill in our children is what it means to uh, to be kind, um, to be, to basically resemble Jesus and how he would treat other people, right? Like, you know, I mean, our culture right now, just if you turn on the news right now, it's, it's chaos out there, right? And it's like, you know, my kids, it's so interesting to me that when we kind of talk about these things coming up and they're like, why would anybody treat somebody like that. Like they just don't have a clue about some of the issues going on because we've, we've instilled in them from an early age, what it means to, to love people like Jesus. It has nothing to do with, you know, where you you're from or the color of your skin or anything like that. We're, we're all made in God's image. Right. And so one of our goals is to love people and, and be kind to people you know. Yeah, so that's a, obviously a great goal and a great you know w- way to think about where you're where you're aiming. My my next question then would be because that's such a oh nebulous, you know, <laughs> abstract yeah. idea. It's, it doesn't, you know, you know, part of the reason I don't like the word uh, goal is because it's it it does sound like you're putting too concrete of a of of a you know um, target in front of you. Yeah, you right? want like these metrics. Yeah, you like want to be able to, exactly. Like if I meet this metric, then exactly. this Something will happen. tangible, yes, exactly. absolutely. And I think that's a, that is a reality for us. Anytime we're doing something that we want to do well, yeah. we give ourselves those, those check marks, yeah. those, those places that we, uh, checkpoints, those things that we can tangibly say, I, I was able to accomplish X. And parenting is no different. We all mm. want to be good parents, right? And so, when we're parenting, it, I think there is a tendency to try and and set goals, and not that that's altogether bad, but it can lead us into that territory of like, 
I need something real tangible. I need mm-hmm. to, so I need that. So I need to make sure my kid, you know, I don't know where that bar is for different people, but I need my kid to, you know, graduate high school or I need my kid to get a 4.0 GPA mm. in high school or whatever, you know, yeah. whether it's whichever of those it might be or they need to play this number of sports or participate in this number of extracurricular activities and so on and so forth. What you're describing, though, is so much more abstract, <laughs> right? Yeah. We just want our kids to emulate Jesus, which is, again, the best thing I can imagine. Sure. How do you and Allie, you know, how do y'all not not track your success but how do you help your your you know stay on fo- on focus and, f- and and at what point do you see success and where do you see failure or need for improvement things like yeah, that yeah so i think the biggest thing is um we do like you know and we don't do this like okay every wednesday we're going to like you know we hit this checkpoint right mm-hmm. um but i remember if i you know looking back on you know and you know, we're still in the middle of raising our kids. But if I look back on what we've done up to this point, I can remember multiple times where we've had asked the question to our kids, well, how do you think Jesus would treat that person? Or yeah, what, how, do you think, really how, do, how do you think Jesus would handle this situation? Yeah. Right. And Just so give WWJD bracelets. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, there's a lot of good to say it with that, yeah. but, you know, everybody, you know, we're yeah. human. So we turn those things into, you yeah, know, catchphrases sure. and for things sure. like that. But, um, and so like, you know, there might not be like every Friday we sit down with our children and be like, Hey, uh, this week, um, what have we done to show Jesus to mm. people? Right. Mm. Um, but I think throughout our rearing parent rendering or however you say it, yeah. rearing, <laughs> rearing yeah. this yeah, yeah. far, right. Um, we have multiple times over, you know, the months or the years or whatever, um, we, we've asked our, those kind of questions to our kids, you know, and we've let them to wrestle with those trying to figure out the right answers. So that's one way. And then the other thing is honestly, we try to model it, right. You know, like you, this is a, you've heard this phrase before, you know, uh, people don't, won't care until they know how, or won't express or tell you anything until they know how much you care kind mm-hmm. of deal. I mean, I messed that up, but people pe- don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Absolutely. Yeah, That's yeah. what I was trying to yeah. think of right there. But, um, and so with that said is like, we try to model the behavior that we want our kids to emulate as well. And so like, um, you know, if we see, you know, I'll just give you a, a example. Like if we're walking through, uh, Walmart, mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of, you know, personalities in Walmart yeah. and a lot we, of teachable moments. Yeah. A lot of teachable <laughs> moments that, in Walmart. And so, uh, if you hear or see something that, you know, like, Whoa, and your kids see it too. Don't just ignore it. Right. Have yeah. a conversation with them about it and be like, okay, Hey, w- you, you saw that situation. Like, what do you think? Like, should we, or even me, um, should I have talked to the person behind the counter like that? And we'll go back and apologize in front of our yeah. kids to the cashier. It's not their fault that they yeah. have to do policies and procedures a certain way, yeah. you know, and things like that. So really taking those opportunities to to walk them and show yeah. them what it means hmm. uh, lived out yeah. in practical ways. Yeah, that's great. And and uh, you touch on something that I'll, I'll circle back around to here in, in, a, in a minute. But um, when when we talk about our jobs as pastors, you know, I mentioned this last week with Caleb, and we, a lot of times, 
there there are instances where it feels like a parent is dropping a kid off and saying, "Here, you raise my kid." Mm. Not not raise them, but you do the you do the spiritual part. Yeah, we'll absolutely. do everything else. I'm not saying that's common. I'm not saying that's you know a, a trend in our church. I'm just just in general, youth pastors have that yeah. sentiment at, at times. Um, and so, for you, when you think about children's ministry, where do you think children's ministry fits into the 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 whole puzzle of of parenting for discipleship? Yeah. So I would say you know even more so. I think children's ministry has that. Uh, that stigmatism with it, like, like, hey, we're dropping our kids off so you can, you can um, develop them spiritually, and we'll pick them up, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think over the years, it's it, we're we're making a huge shift back to where yeah. no, that's not the case. But the, eleven years ago, when I came on staff, that was for sure one hundred percent the mentality, right? Yeah. Um, and we've done a lot of things, my volunteers and things, to 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 shift that back and say, no, 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 we're we're a partnership, mm-hmm. right? We we are partnering with you yes. guys as parents to to raise your your kids up, uh, in this process. Right. And so, um, I think the reason though, why it tends to happen like that and why it tends to fall into that mentality Mm -hmm. is because parents don't feel equipped. Right. And that is the, that is the biggest, um, statement that I get from parents when I talk with parents like, okay, Hey, um, you know, how can I support you as a family? You know, right. And the, Nine times out of the 10, the parents will say, well, I just, I don't feel equipped to, to disciple my kids. And here's the deal, Nolan. I think the reason they don't feel equipped, one, is because a lot of, like, my generation, our parents did not disciple us mm. at all. So we just yeah. we just never had a model for that. But the other thing is, I think we try to tend to overthink it. We try to, going back to your phrase, we try to be perfect parents, yeah. right? And so I think we, we over estimate really what really needs to be done. And then the last thing too is, yes, there's definitely, this is, is, is truth. There are resources that I know about, you know, because this is my full-time job, Mm -hmm. right? There are resources that I know about that the typical parent just might not know about, right? Because, you know, there might be a a lawyer or or work at uh, Market Street or something, and they're busy Mm -hmm. doing their 40, 50, 60 hour, you know, week, work week, and they're not fully engaged in in the world that I'm dealing with. So that's where we partner with with each other. And if they don't feel equipped, I'm here. Like that's, I'm, I'm a resource to help them find other resources that they can, they can use. So, yeah, um, that's good. I, I, I think that's definitely worth mentioning that when, when we see, when we see parents do that, uh, that, and I, I don't, Again, it, I don't. I don't think it's a big problem for us necessarily. Just it, every now and then, you do get that sense from a parent that, oh, you're expecting me to do the spiritual work, and and sort of you take care care of everything else. But it is worth mentioning that that a lot of times that is just a, a sense of not feeling equipped to do it, and yeah. and and that speaks to where we we really want to help parents mm-hmm. feel equipped, and so just makes it all the more important for us to do that part of it as well. Um, but that's good. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the, another thing, another thing that I would tell parents out there, like, you know, uh, if you f- don't feel equipped, obviously Nolan, Caleb, and I, mm-hmm. 
we're all three resources that yes. you can tap into. But you know what's really good? Uh, you know, being a part of a body of believers, there are so many other people that are just maybe one step ahead of you in life stage, uh, and you can get to know them through, you know, when we get back to hopefully yes. our normal routine at church, yes. right? There We have other classes like ABF classes, men's, women's mm-hmm. groups, community groups. I mean, we have so many resources, I think, that people can tap into mm-hmm. um, if they feel like they're not equipped. And yep. so that's where we're here. We're here to help you guys as parents out yeah. there um, because we love to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I second that. Yeah. So that's good. Um, so as far as, again, coming back around to some of your personal experiences and strategies as a, as a family, yeah. is there anything that you maybe, maybe it is from your own experience, maybe it's something you've heard other families do. Okay. What are some helpful principles or uh, ideas, converse, you know, regular conversations or things like that that you would encourage parents to implement or yeah. or use for themselves you know you mentioned you touched on that every friday you guys have a conversation well i said we, i would love to say oh, we do okay. that. yeah gotcha, but, gotcha, gotcha. but it's more we go throughout but we here's one thing we do, do. yeah yeah uh in the last oh gosh and, and maybe it's the sixth year now and it's it's funny because it's always right before school so we do this uh before every school year we do this family dinner thing yeah it's a tradition that we started you know mm-hmm. a number of years back and what what my wife and I do is we pick a, a, a theme verse for the year, mm-hmm. and then we pick a motto. Um, like our motto this year is, you know, more Jesus, less me, mm-hmm. uh, is our motto. And so what we really try to do, so we'll, we'll have, a, have a special dinner the night before or two nights before school starts. Mm-hmm. We'll give our kids the motto and the theme for the year, and that's really our, our driving force driving force for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And so we try to keep it simple. Yeah. And cause we know, we know as parents and I'm sure your high school parents out there know, mm-hmm. and it, you know, even you, I mean, you got three kids under the age of four, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, life is so busy, yeah. right? And when you and I, um, try to do too much, what happens is we start, it's, it's always like the, you know, new year's resolutions, right? Going to the gym mm-hmm. kind of deal. Like, okay, this year's the, you know, and yeah. by, you know, by February or whatever, March uh-huh. is, you or know, every, January 5th. Or, yeah. Or January 5th, <laughs> everybody's already off the train. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have realized like our family unit, um, we can get off the, off the trail real easily. Mm-hmm. And so we try to keep it super simple. And so one of our things is to have a theme verse, a theme motto for the year. And then that way we can also use yeah. that to tie in just on a weekly, on a monthly yeah. basis, you know, special uh, spiritual things. But we try to yep. tie it yep. into our motto. Oh, hey, you remember right. that, you know, we talked about our theme for this year is more Jesus, less me. When we go serve at the food bank, how, do, how does that fit in with yeah. our motto? Mm-hmm. You know, and things like that. And so that's one thing that we've adopted that I think is is really good. Yeah, and if you hadn't if you hadn't said it, I was going to ask you about it because that was something that Susan and I have really uh, we've heard y'all talk about. Oh really, yeah, and really like, and we'll probably use ourselves when our kids are a little bit older. Yeah, and uh, and so I, we we love that one, but um, but that's great advice, and I think something that anybody can use. Yeah, and, and another principle. I don't know if this is it falls on the right de- definition of principle, but. I always uh, encourage parents to not try to overthink it. 
um, in, I don't, re- I don't really know if that's a principle, but like, I think a, a lot of times we feel ill-equipped, um, not capable, uh, is because we think that there has to be this real huge depth <laughs> yeah. into our, our, you know, teaching our children or yeah. discipling our children. Um, but I think more times than not, simple life lessons, right? Like if you look at Jesus, right? How did he teach the disciples? Of course, they followed him, they watched him, right? And that's a model we've already addressed, right? I've, I've talked about that a little bit. But he also taught them in parables, right? And and if you look at a lot of the parables, it's like things that they, like fishing, right? Yeah. Or uh harvesting and, yeah. and, you know, being a farmer. And yeah, it was a lot of situations where they just happened to be doing something. He was like, hey, here's a lesson. Yes, we can learn. situational teachable, teachable opportunities to disciple your kids. And, like, as a parent, I'm like, be intentional. Look for those things that, like, your kids are already doing and yeah. try to apply biblical principles to those because yeah. when you can connect the dots for them, it may... It, has it can pay out totally. way more than what you ever thought it could you totally. know have yeah. more benefit yeah i think you know talking about not overthinking it i mean just ha- having conversations about jesus mm-hmm. whether they're really profound and deep or they're they're not you know mm-hmm. just showing like i mean look we we all have you know situations in our lives where if we were out somewhere and we were with people and we brought up Jesus, we'd be like, oh no, that's awkward. That's uncomfortable. Like, why would I bring that topic? That's such a big topic. And that, that tendency or that, that hesitation, that feeling will carry over with your kids. Mm -hmm. If in your house, you never talk about it, Mm -hmm. it'll be like, oh, it's awkward that mom and dad just said something about Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's kind of weird. They never do that. And, and so just setting a tone that this isn't an uncomfortable topic. This isn't something we ever have to feel embarrassed to talk about this is normal this is really what we've built our lives on why wouldn't yeah. we talk about it i think that goes a long way is like like you said don't overthink it i mean just bringing it up having conversations that, that are centered around your christian faith around jesus there, that that will never do any harm yeah, <laughs> it, it can only do be beneficial i got a great example so last night uh, sam and i are watching this series about this dad and this son who are like traveling around the world going into these really remote places and uh one of them they they went on a trip to ethiopia okay. and i didn't know this but uh there's this little compound in ethiopia mm-hmm. that are all rastafarian you know bob marley and yep. so they were interviewing the the head Rasta guy, right? Yeah. And he's like, I teach a pray and I pray and I teach about the Bible. And then he goes oh, into talking about what they believe and who their Messiah was. And Sam looks at me and goes, whoa, 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 whoa. He said he, they talk about the Bible, Dad, but he's saying that that guy is his their Messiah. And you always say that Jesus is, we believe that Jesus is our Messiah. Yeah. I mean... A fifth grader about to yeah. be fifth grader is already connecting those dots and I didn't have to do anything. I just had the opportunity to say, well, here's why he thinks that. And this is why we think that Jesus is our Messiah because he was right. God. And so just even taking those little opportunities to, to have a conversation yeah. with your kids, to teach them those biblical foundational truths right. will be huge. Well, not as huge as your Jamaican accent. Well, my, that hey, on the my, podcast, my, when my wife listens to this, she will about. make fun of it oh, for man. sure. 100%. I'll make sure she does too. 
<laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for jumping on, Josh. Uh, I hope the series, as always, is beneficial to our listeners, especially parents looking at raising their, their children as disciples. So uh, appreciate your time, and yeah. uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. 